0: To the Overflow Podcast. We pray that you are encouraged with this message. For more information, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. How many of y'all, maybe you've had a bad week? Anybody? I know we don't want to just show hands because that might make you look unspiritual. How many of y'all maybe had like a rough month? Or some of you might have had a bad year. You know, life can be overwhelming. Right? I mean, we got bills to pay and kids to raise and schedules to keep and people to keep happy. And we got all this stuff in our lives. And many times, life can be overwhelming. And in fact, I I find that in this day and age... Even though my faith is secure, I'm finding that that life for me right now is more overwhelming in a lot of ways than it's ever been. I feel more secure in Jesus than I've ever felt before, but I can tell you that life right now in this day and age, in 2015, in almost September of 2015, life feels overwhelming. I mean, the world that we live in is a mess. Yeah, Come on, how many of y'all would agree? All you got to do is be on social media for about three minutes, and you'll see that our world has gone Mad. Everybody seems like they're angry. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody's overwhelmed. And you're overwhelmed. In fact, if you want to be puked on, just get on Facebook for about five minutes and you'll be offended, right? Uh, Everybody will be offended or overwhelmed. It's just the world has gone mad around us. And maybe you're not experiencing that. Maybe you're just, you know, maybe you're kind of living around a pot of gold and there's a rainbow and, you know, little leprechauns running around singing. I don't don't know. But but the world that I live in seems to have gone mad. And whenever I think about the world and, and the state of the world, and I don't think it's this bad yet. But I think that's where it's heading. It makes me think of this story in Scripture in Genesis. And it says this in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. It says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was, cons- was consistently and totally evil. Now, that's a world gone mad. Good news for you today. It's not that bad yet. So the Lord was sorry he ever made them. Now hold up. It takes a lot to make God sad. I mean he isn't like us, right? He's not emo. He his day his emotions are pretty stable. But it says that God was God had regret. Can you imagine the world being so bad that God looking at it and go, I regret I ever made it. I regret I ever made those people. And it said it broke his heart. In one translation, it says this, that his heart was filled with pain. You know, there's a lot of things that move me. It moves me when my kids are filled with pain. It moves me when my, my wife was filled with pain. But it moves me a lot more when I, can, when I think or just imagine that my God's heart was filled with pain. I mean, that is a world gone mad. And the Lord says this, because he can, because it's his world. He says, I will rot this human race that I've created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals, the scur- scurry around the ground, even the birds in the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. I thought you were going to talk about the good news today. Hold up. And then it says this right here. This nugget. But Noah. Mmm. But Noah found favor with the Lord. So God's like, I ain't got nothing to be happy about. And then he goes, because the scripture says that God is looking to and fro the whole earth, seeking that his hearts are completely perfect towards him. And he looks across the earth, and he goes, but Noah. And I believe in that moment when it says the, the word favor there could be looked at as, and God smiled. And God saw Noah, and it says, Noah found favor with the Lord. If you guys know this story, right, um, not the Hollywood story, because they, they did a good job of screwing it up, but yeah. but uh but whatever. I watched that movie thinking, I mean, how bad, can it, how bad can they really mess it up? Pretty bad. So he used Noah. So we, we know the story, right? You guys know the story. If you don't know the story, let me just recap it for you. So God uses Noah, the only righteous man that he could find on the earth, to preserve the human race. He's like, I'm depressed. I'm sad I ever made that my heart is filled with pain. I'm crushed. There's one. There's one guy that will obey me. There's one guy that's heart is to please me. So I'm going to preserve all of humanity through one man, through just one guy. So God comes and he speaks to Noah and he lays out this plan to build this boat that would have animals and they would all get on board and Noah would be on you know, on this refuge, if you will, while the earth is flooded and God cleans the planet. Verse 17, and God, this is what God says to Noah. He says, look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. But I will confirm my covenant with you. Whew. I mean, because, I mean, if I'm Noah and God's like, I'm going to destroy everything, I'm thinking, well, I'm part of everything. And God says, well, hold up, because you found favor. I will confirm my covenant with you because I like you. God has favorites? Apparently so because Noah was favored and nobody else was. Now, there was some responsibility on humanity for that favor. (laughs) Come on. But I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, male and female, into the boat. I'm not going to get into kinds and species. I'm not going to get into all of that today. You can study that on your own. You'll you'll love that. You know, you'll have fun with that, and we'll have lots of questions and conversations based upon all that. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal, every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground. Love that. <laughs> Even, like, the scurrying ones. You, are, are you like me? You wish that would lift them out? All right. The scurrying ones? Okay. No? All right. I'm alone on that. So we'll come to you and be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for you and your family and for all the animals. And this is what it says. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Do you know somebody that's ever done that? I mean, most of my obedience looks like this. Okay, right? I'm just kind of moving in the right direction, right? Usually there's a part of my heart that's maybe not connected to that decision or something. Because God wants like the whole obedience, heart, soul, mind, strength. And so I don't know anybody's ever done it like exactly the way God wanted it. So we know the story, right? It rains for 40 days, 40 nights. God cleans the earth. And they're in the boat for five months, 150 days living in this stinky, smelly boat. It was probably hard. It was probably difficult. But it was a refuge from the destruction. So I want to talk this morning about finding refuge in the midst of destruction, finding refuge in a world gone mad. How many of y'all feel like that you wish you had a refuge sometimes, a place that you can just go? How many of y'all have that place? alone, the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? And so we have that place that we can go to, but sometimes we've got to find in the midst of destruction, we've got to find refuge. Listen, sin is destructive. The thing that destroyed the people of the earth in this story, is not that God just likes being mad and and likes tearing up things. It's not like God's like this destructive six-year-old kid who just likes destroying things. When I was six years old, I liked to break things and tear things and burn things, and maybe not six, so maybe like eight, burn things. Uh, And so I like to do that. God isn't like that. He doesn't like destroying things, but God knew that he had to have a fresh start. Now, my God could have just chose to use a different planet, but instead he he, he decided to preserve humanity through this man. But it was the sin of mankind that brought this up on them. Can I tell you today that the problems in the world that we're facing is not because God isn't good. It's because sin is on the earth. In fact, more than ever in America, sin is rampant and dismissed and just overlooked and ignored. But can I tell you, no matter how long we ignore it, you can have Coke on the label of the bottle, but if you're drinking poison, it's going to destroy you. So it don't matter what we call it, at the end of the day, sin is destructive. Sin destroys lives. God doesn't destroy lives. Sin destroys lives. And it's important for us to understand in this narrative that God was only destroying because of sin. Sin is what brought the destruction. The madness of this world is not because of God and his goodness. It's because of sin. Romans 6:23 we are familiar with the scripture that says for the wages of sin is death. James 1:15 says sin brings sin gives birth to death. I heard years ago that in the, in the Spanish translation that word there sin is actually torment and it says sin bears within itself punishment. How many of you have ever done something stupid, and what you did was stupid? That's what was falling back on you. But many times what we do is we make stupid decisions. It brings death because, as Brooke was saying earlier, we reap what we sow. And so we make foolish decisions. We reap the repercussions of that, and we go, God, you're not good. And we blame God. Or someone else sins against us, and we blame God. Sins to blame here. Sins to blame here. So finding refuge in the midst of destruction, we have this sin issue on the planet. So how do we find refuge? Well, number one, we got to recognize that God always has a plan to preserve people for his purposes. God always has a plan. God always has a refuge. There's always an escape route with God. There's always a way out of your troubles, of your difficulties. There's always a purpose Maybe God didn't bring the difficulties, but God is so good and such a great master planner that he can take your negativity and and bring something good out of it. That's how good my God is. Listen, so God had a plan. Now, how many of you know now, the plan was Noah, right? I mean, the only one he could find, but now the plan is Jesus, Jesus is the plan. What are we going to do about all the sin in the world? Are we going to, you know, are we going to march around with signs? Are we going to go out and criticize people? Are we going to write blogs? Are we going to hammer social media? What are we going to do? There's nothing you can do. There's only one person that can deal with sin, Jesus. So God always has a plan to preserve his people for his purpose. So what is God's plan? God's plan is Jesus. It's good news. It's the answer. It's the solution. It's good news. Everybody say good news. See, the gospel is the good news. When we talk about the gospel, we're saying we got good news, not bad news. The bad news is the world we know. Right? You wake up, boom, right there. Something like 84% of people that have a Facebook account, the first thing they do in the morning is look at their Facebook page. I mean, it's a terrible way to start your day because all you're going to get is a bunch of bad news but my God has a plan and the plan is Jesus. First John chapter 4 verse 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've made a mess. So did I. We've all done it. We've all made a mess. But God provides a plan to preserve you for his purpose, and that plan is Jesus. And just like the ark on that day, point two, got to go through the door. Now, there's a door. Whenever Noah built this ark, God said, put a door on it. And in fact, after they got his family and it was time, God shut the door. I love that. I mean, that's my favorite part of the whole story. It's like they get in, and, and it says that God actually shut the door. Come on. Like, All right, guys, let's, let's go. Come on, a little scurrying animals. Let's get in here. And God shuts the door. There was a door to the ark. The only way you could get on the ark was through the door. Come on, you had to go through the door. There were two groups of people during the time of the flood, those who survived and those who didn't. The ark was the only means of salvation. Those who survived walked into the ark through the door. What did Jesus say? i am the door john chapter 10 verse 9 i am the door or i am the gate i'm the way in then he says this we're familiar with this scripture john chapter 14 verse 6 because many people would say especially in this day and age well jesus is a way no 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 jesus is not a way jesus is the way that's why he said i am the way i am the truth and i am the life i'm not a way No, no, no. He's the way. The only way to get to the Father is through Jesus. It's just like when you walked in this building today. You couldn't come through the back door. The back door is locked. You couldn't come through this door. This door is locked. It's not going to be locked in a little bit. You can get out that door, but you can't get in through that door. You had to come through that door right there. All the people in this room today, all 70-plus people in this room today, they all had to come through that door right there. It's the only way in. And Jesus is the only way to life. He's the only way to the Father. But wait. Number three. But wait. Only the righteous can come in. Whoa. How did Noah get in? Because he was righteous. Uh Uh-oh. How many of you kind of that? Makes you a little uncomfortable. Oh, 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 wait a second. Only the righteous can come in? Yeah, only the righteous are permitted. Not sinners. Sinners aren't permitted to get on the ark. Only the righteous. How many of you know that's bad news? (laughs) Let's see a a show of hands of who are righteous on your own. Righteousness means... Right standing with God. How many of you know that righteousness is the standard? Perfection. Jesus said, well, God doesn't expect me to be perfect. Absolutely he does. Jesus said, be perfect even as my Father in heaven is perfect. Whoa, that's a high standard. Perfection, righteousness, right standing, justification before God. That's bad news. That's not good. I thought you were going to tell me good news today, Pastor Josh. I'm going to. But the bad news is this. Because the good news is always sweeter when you hear the bad news first. Check this out Genesis 7, verse 1. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, Get into the boat with all your family. For among all the people on the earth, I can see that you alone are righteous. Only the righteous get in. So when you show up at the door and they're like, What's the password? It's the heart check. Only the righteous can come in. Can I tell you today that, that Noah was obedient because he was righteous? He wasn't righteous because he was obedient. He was obedient because he was righteous. He wasn't righteous because he was obedient. He was obedient because he was righteous. Because he was with right standing with God. Because God came to him and saw favor, that made him want to obey. Genesis 6:22 Noah did everything exactly we talked about this as the Lord commanded him again God says it about this in 7 verse 5 he says Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him everything Noah was obedient perfect obedience because it says he did it exactly how was he obedient because he was righteous so perfect obedience Perfect righteousness. It's God's standard. However, mm, come on, however, however, righteousness comes by faith. Righteousness comes by faith. Righteousness doesn't come from obedience, obedience comes from righteousness. Righteousness comes by faith. See, that righteous standard that God holds was met in Jesus. God said, "Here's the standard, and we go, "I can't meet it." And he goes, "I know. Here's Jesus. He meets it." So it's by faith, you say, "Well, what does that mean? I believe in Jesus like the tooth fairy." No, 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 no. The, you think of faith like this, active trust trust. Because we throw the word faith around, right? I believe in the Tooth Fairy. I believe in Justin Bieber. I believe in, you know, whatever. Oh, don't get offended. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Okay. No, no, no. We're talking about, maybe you can. Awesome. Good. Sorry. The standards in Jesus Jesus met the standard. Jesus became the standard. It's hard. It's impossible. So what am I going to do? I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him with everything. I'm going to trust him with my past. I'm going to trust him with my present. I'm going to trust him with my future. I'm going to trust him. It's called lordship. Right? We like the savior part. We don't like the lord part. But you can't get rid of that. In fact, if you're going to be your own lord, you're going to have to figure out how to be your own savior too. Just say that. Because we're talking about trust, and that's who he is. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. So am I going to trust him in that? Am I going to yield myself to that? Am I going to trust? Well, this is what I like. I thought you were trusting Jesus. This is the way I am. I thought it was about Jesus. Hmm. Righteousness comes... By faith. Noah was righteous. How was he righteous? Because he had faith. Check this out. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. It was by faith. Don't you love that all the Scripture points to one point in time? All Scripture points to Jesus. It's all turning back around to Jesus. All of it. It was by faith. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little jam in me from the back. A little kid flowing. All right. That's, about, that's all I got, though. Can I ask Leslie? You can move that shoulder good. I'm like, yeah, just as long as I don't get my feet into it. All right. All right. It was by faith, faith, that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God. Who warned him about things that never happened before? You understand? When God came to Noah, he said, Noah, I want you to build a boat. And he's like, Well, a what? He's like a boat. Okay. Why? Is that because it's gonna rain? What's rain? It never rained before. It's never rained before, right? Nothing that had ever happened before like that. So he's like, water's going to come, f- flood up from the bottom of the earth. It's going to fall from the sky. The earth's going to be flooded. And he's like, okay. Actually, he was more like this, yes, because he did it exactly how God said. That's the thing I hate about the Noah film is they made Noah look to be this, like, psycho guy who didn't really love God. But if he did everything exactly the way God wanted to, then he did it with a joyful heart. Because obedience is heart level. That's what Jesus came to show us. He didn't just grin and bear it. He wasn't psycho. He's full of faith. You can't separate faith from intelligence. We think, well, you have faith. You don't have intelligence. No, no, no. They work together. That's why we love God with all of our mind. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So he is obedient because he was righteous. But he was righteous because he believed. He was righteous because he trusted God. Do you understand, gang, that it's all just about trusting Jesus? No matter what the paycheck says, no matter what the bill collector says, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the shrink says, no matter what your mama says or your kids are saying, at the end of the day, we're just trusting Jesus. And we're not real spiritual. We just got to do it because we don't have any choice. I'm desperate for Jesus. And you know what I found? Is he runs Josh Brown a lot better than Josh Brown runs himself. Because when Josh Brown is running his life, he screws up royally. But whenever I surrender to Jesus, it's just a better ride. Oh, that we would be convinced that he. He is good. And I'm going to close with this. It's not our obedience that saves us, it's His.